The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of The Patriot, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of this movie. Joining me today on the panel are Father Chip Hines. Hi, Father Chip. Hello, Dom. And, fa- and Mike Dens. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, I, I almost father, promoted you. He is a father. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are a father, but not one with the title of father. <laughs> Hi, Mike. <laughs> happy 4th of July. Yes, happy 4th of July, everyone. <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, the interesting aspect is, is that this show is going to be released, as you get it, it, right before the 4th of July. And we're recording it, though, on Bunker Hill Day. So I think it's appropriate. So June 17th, appropriate that we're t- talking about a Revolutionary War movie. Uh, before we get to that, though, let's remember to, if you can, l- like the secrets of movies and TV shows on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Retweet us on Twitter, where we're at SQPN. Leave us comments uh, wherever you find us. And also check out sqpn.com. We have a lot of other shows there. We have shows about specific TV shows like Stargate, Star Trek, Doctor Who. Uh, what am I forgetting? I'm missing one. Stargate, Star Trek, Doctor Who. Star Wars. Star Wars. That's right. And uh, a whole bunch of others. Let, let's uh, let Science, Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, American Catholic History, a whole bunch of shows. Go check it out. We have a dozen shows to choose from. And if you like this, you're going to like that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> So we're talking about this Roland Emmerich directed film that came out in 2000. So this movie's 21 years old and uh, it's a long movie. It's about uh, the extended cut is three hours. I watched the extended cut. I don't know if that's what you guys watched, but it's no, three hours I long. watched the two hour and 40 minute version, the the theatrical version. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah, I don't long. think I've ever seen the, theatrical, the director's cut. Yeah. I haven't either. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I could look up what what they've added, but uh, I'm not sure. I think I think I know some the a couple of the scenes. Nothing major, nothing huge. Uh, I don't think you miss anything. Um, okay. But as I mentioned at the top, you know, it, we're we're recording this on Bunker Hill Day, releasing it just around the Fourth of July. Revolutionary War f- fervor is in the air. The thing I wanted to mention was why aren't there more Revolutionary War movies? Like we were just talking before we got started. There's there's a couple of miniseries. There's you know the John Adams miniseries, which is pretty good. There's 1776, which is a musical. This Hamilton, which was a stage play. But there aren't any Revolutionary War movies. There's Civil War movies. There's World War II movies. There's World War One movies. But there's no Revolutionary War movies really to think to, to mention at all. Like literally, why do you guys think that is? You know, that's a good question, Dom. And, I, you know, honestly, I hadn't really thought of it until you asked the question. Yeah. Because I, I assumed there was. Right. <laughs> you know, because I, I, I remember watching the John Adams uh, miniseries and thinking how wonderful it was um, and how great uh, uh, Giamatti, Giamatti, G- yeah. Paul Giamatti was in it. And, uh, you know, so I, I I don't know. I I guess I think it's it maybe it's, it's just something that. People like to watch on TV or I, yeah. I don't know. I just I just can't figure it. But I remember when this came out and I thought to myself, well, I got to go see this. And I was not disappointed. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's uh, it's up there. Among, it's not 
quite Braveheart level for me, like Braveheart was. I really, but I sure. did enjoy it. This, this this movie has its failings, so don't get me wrong. It, it's right. not a perfect movie by any means, but there's a lot to like about it, which we'll we'll get into. But Mike, what about you? What do you think about the dearth of Revolutionary War movies, and and what do you think of this movie? Yeah, I don't know. It's funny because even if you go back to when they were making war movies, they weren't making you know Revolutionary War. There was a lot of uh, World War One and World War Two. We got a whole uh, movie and comedy series on the Korean War and MASH. I mean, right. You know, all that kind of different stuff. But um, every time I think, oh, but there's, oh, wait, that's the Civil War. You know, I, and and I'm thinking of, and we mentioned this uh, before, uh, Dom, the, the movie or the miniseries Turn. Yes. Um, that was true. about right. Washington spies. Yep. Um, and how much I learned about the Revolutionary War or was reminded of. Because uh, I kept on looking up what they were doing, and I'm like, wow, they're really following actual events pretty well here. I mean, not not the main characters and a lot of the spies, because they, the they probably don't even know about that. Yeah, yeah, the, the Benedict Arnold and different generals and, and people from the British and stuff and things that happened. It was pretty cool, and it was a very successful series. So you would think that, you know, people would say, hey, you know, maybe there's some stories here we can tell. Between that and Hamilton, I thought with Hamilton, that was going to herald a new era in Revolutionary War entertainment, you know, stuff that explores it. I've been reading some Revolutionary War history books the last few years. I've kind of gotten into that. I've really enjoyed them. Uh, Rick Atkinson's books are really good. Nathaniel Philbrick has some has a few books. And there was, I forget which one of them now, I should have looked it up. But one of them had a, a book on Bunker Hill, and it was so awesome. It was so cinematic as I was reading it. I'm thinking, this this should be a movie. And I, someone said, oh, yeah, Matt Damon has optioned the rights. His, like, production company has optioned the rights for it. I'm like, make that movie, please. <laughs> like, it would be so great. Uh, I don't know why we, we don't have them, but uh, it just it occurred to me. This is this is kind of stands out uh, among, you know, among movies as one of the few that 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 was made that way. And um, it did pretty well at the box office. I mean, it's not the giantest of blockbusters, but it certainly doubled its reported budget, which is Hollywood accounting. So who knows what the real thing is, but you know, it looked good anyway. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't know what the reason is. I mean, there's probably, you could speculate as to why people aren't doing it now. And I think it might have something to do with, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, what we'll be getting into the movie about the, uh, the depiction of slavery in that time right. and things like that. Um, I'm not sure it's a safe, subject right now at this point in time True. for people to make I, yeah. at least right now i can't explain what happened in prior years but i'm thinking you know there's so much blowback now even on hamilton there's been some blowback and i can't imagine if this movie came out you know this year what it would be oh yeah yeah i'm not sure it would get me that's a good point yeah yeah, our, our 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 forefathers would be the bad guys, and right, in a lot probably, of ways. yeah. Although yeah. the depict they do depict slavery in in and the differences in race in this movie, and they, I mean, from my point of view, as a middle class white man, middle aged, <laughs> I mean, that's I take that for whatever it is. I think I that's th all three of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The yeah. three of us. I mean, it's it. Yeah, you know, I thought it was a pretty decent portrayal, uh, but but others may have a different opinion. So I well, I don't know. I. I, you know, it's funny you should mention that. I, I brought this up with someone yesterday. I was discussing with a friend of mine and because I knew I was going to be talking about it tonight. And I said, you know, it just some of it didn't seem realistic to me. You know, I, I mean, 
the one scene where the fella signs over his slave to the war effort, that seemed very real to me. That happened. That actually that happened, happened all yeah. the time. Yeah. But the way that, that like the Martins and his uh, sister-in-law, the way they treated uh, black folks just didn't seem I don't know. There were Southerners and it didn't seem realistic to me. Well, but that's the, well, actually, that's the thing is, is the Southerners were not monolithic in their attitudes about race. Uh, and this is a little bit, well, no, it's on topic because it is depicted in the movie. Like in the movie, Martin and his family, they didn't own slaves. They no. had freed black men were, and women were working on their farm. And right. I don't, I, I'm not sure what Charlotte had going on, whether they were slaves or not. They might've been, but but certainly it's, they explicitly said in Martin's case that they were freed and, right. and there were plenty of abolitionists in in the South in pre-revolutionary days, the revolutionary days. Uh, it, it's that's the thing is, is there, it, people were a monolith. They, they were not these cartoon characters that they're depicted of today. There were a variety of opinions and there's a whole spectrum of beliefs about race and slavery and all those sorts of things. So. And and certainly the British were not necessarily the good guys when it came to, even though they'd outlawed the slave trade, they certainly were not kind to uh, to black people. And uh, they were had many racist views among many of the officers and the policies that they pushed. So it's not you know, there's no good good guy, bad guy on one side or the other in this. Um, but uh, we'll, no, we'll, I, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. So we'll get I want to I want to kind of give a quick recap of the movie and then get into the the, the content of the movie itself and some of the themes. Uh, so for, if, for, as a recap or a reminder, if you haven't watched the movie recently, it takes place in the Re- American Revolutionary War around 1776. You have this guy, Benjamin Martin, he, uh, a veteran of the French and Indian War, has a farm in the uh, South Carolina. It had to be South Carolina because they went to Charleston Um and the war, he's opposed to the war because of his experiences in the French and Indian War. Uh, he has six kids, six, six, right? Six, seven, seven I to start. Seven. S- yeah, they seven. Were, it was six, it was six, seven. Or it's supposed to be six. And Gibson wanted seven because he has seven kids. Oh, OK. Good point. <laughs> uh, that's, oh, excellent. I didn't know that. So he's got seven kids and his wife is he's a widower. And his oldest son is old enough to, to, to fo- fight, uh, played by Heath Ledger. And uh, he's 18, and but he's opposed to the war. The war starts anyway. The son enlists, and eventually the war comes to the farm. Uh, they're they're trying to you know there's a battle that rages literally on their doorstep. They're treating the wounded, and then this awful British officer named Tavington shows up, who uh, ends up shooting all of the the wounded Americans, uh, and ends up shooting one of uh, Martin's sons, who was trying to, because he was going to take away the oldest son. Uh, as a spy, even though he was a uh, dispatch rider and um, that gets Martin involved in the war and they, he rescues his oldest son. And then he goes on, becomes uh, basically a guerrilla war fighter. And then, and, and it follows him through the war up to the point of the battle of Yorktown and when, where we won spoilers. So uh, <laughs> that, that's, that's we the, won? yeah, we won that one. <laughs> so uh, the, uh, that's the general framework. Uh, so Mel Gibson plays Benjamin Martin. Heath Ledger plays his oldest son, Gabriel. Uh, Jolie Richardson plays his sister-in-law, Charlotte, sister-in-law slash love interest. Jason Isaacs, I forgot he was in this, plays the, uh, the awful uh, oh, Tavington. He, oh, he's, he's so awesome. good. He's so good. Yeah. He's the Hans Gruber of this film. He, just, <laughs> he really is. So he good. really is. He, oh, man. Uh, 
Chris Cooper play? I forget the character he plays, but he plays an American uh, officer. Colonel. He, he, Colonel. he was the guy. No, Cooper. Wasn't he the kind of the equal, like the this, this another general yeah. Cooper? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Colonel Harry Burwell. He plays. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Rene Aubuchon was in this, who was Odo from Deep Space Nine, who yeah. plays a, a, a minister. A good Star Trek reference. Yeah, it's yes. always going to be a one. Star Trek reference. And from the original Benson. In the original like, Benson, yes, that's right. <laughs> that's and right. So, yeah, uh, Tom Wilkinson plays Cornwallis. Uh, Adam Baldwin is in this with the small part. I know. But I that know. Was, I forgot about him. Uh, a great cast. So excellent It was a cast. really good cast. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really liked, there was two, uh, well, one actor in particular that I thought really was excellent in this was, was Heath Ledger. I, I thought yeah. his earnestness for the cause and his... You know, he was, I mean, he was certainly, this was one of his first movies. He was, he was really starting out. I mean, he ended up being a fantastic actor. We all know, won an Oscar posthumously for The Joker uh, after his unfortunate death. And, you know, but you could see the beginnings of his chops in this movie. You really could, I thought. And, and the interesting, other interesting thing for me was how he and Gibson kind of looked a little bit alike to me. You know, I, I don't know, you know, some people don't see it. I saw it. It just seemed like they they fit like they fit like they could be father and son. Um, and, you know, they're, of course, they're both Australian. And uh, that probably goes a long way to doing that. But and I and I also liked uh, I really did like the character of Charlotte and Jolie Richardson's performance. I, you know, she was she was just. I don't know. There's something about her in this movie that was uh, just, I don't know, kind of glowing and stunning. And, and, and I just liked, I liked the, the idea of the widower and the sister kind of coming together and, you know, falling in love. I just thought that was an interesting storyline that you don't see in a lot of, uh, yeah. you know, movies. She was the center of peace and grace that yes. always he came back to. Yes, I, I like that. I like the mo- mo- movement of the movie from the action and the tension and the drama, but it always kept coming back to that quiet moments of grace. Now there was some peril at certain points with her, uh, but in general, like she was the center of peace that 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 they came back to, and I I really mm-hmm. liked that about. And I liked the character. I I I I, I kept going. Yeah. Don't be an idiot. Give her a hug. <laughs> Kiss her. <laughs> Kiss her, you fool. Love is wasted on the young. Quoting oh. <laughs> it, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> Love is wasted on something in this yeah, movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not so much young. But uh, yeah, even the kids were great. I, I mean, the youngest girl, Susan. Uh, heart, oh, you know, so t- heartbreaking. Yeah. That, that, and she and she, that actress passed away. I, oh, I really? didn't know that, but yeah, she yeah, died she was at 21 and that's like, yeah. that's two of the children. Uh, well, I know that, you know, two children died in the movie and since then two of the actors that played as children have, have died, died. Yeah. that I know of. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's very sad. That is sad. It is sad. I don't know yeah. how she died, but uh, she was, that she, was another one. He would go back to the innocence of his children and Susan, who was mad at him for leaving. And, right. um, you know, I think, I mean, it gets everybody, but like, I have a daughter. I know Dom has daughters. Oh, yeah. That's just that gut-wrenching. 
the scene where oh, they're scenes. on the beach. I still cry. Oh, I was I was in tears. I had to pause it. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> say it. Say it to him, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm Daddy, Italian. I cry in movies. I'll, I'll do whatever you want. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I would have been like, I'm out of this war. I'm staying with my daughter. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with her. I mean, <laughs> and, oh, it was awesome. And God bless him. He didn't want to fight. No, you know, I mean, he really didn't want to fight. He knew the horror of war. He had seen the horror of war. And this war had already touched him so dramatically. And, you know, and, and, and the others in, in his band of, you know, comrades who, you know, lose somebody. Um, they almost all lose somebody. And you forget how, uh, at least I did, I forgot how kind of gruesome this movie was in some scenes you know uh, the battle scenes like the beginning of the movie the guy gets his head shot off by a cannonball oh yeah, yeah. i didn't see that coming yeah. right away because i didn't <laughs> remember it yeah obviously never saw it coming uh way to go dad uh, the, the one um uh leon rippy plays uh kind yes. of a, an old Billings? friend of uh yeah uh yeah gibson's and and he loses his family and yeah um immediately takes they, they his just life. have yeah. so many different like tragedies and uh it's interesting too how it mirrors uh braveheart uh and that's the, what i, I was gonna fight. say people yeah. dying and then mm. we're gonna go on except there's a kind of a more of a traditional happy ending so to speak with a battle one at the end um but there is a, you know a, a lot of themes there going right. uh, the same way it's the man who wants to stay out of the conflict, but whose hand is forced by the killing of a loved one by a British soldier, which unleashes within him the great warrior and leader of men. Right. That's that's the same movie, yeah. essentially. I mean, the details are obviously different, including, the, like you said, the ending. But yeah, I mean, it's it's the it's a it's a very similar character. And it and it it sketches a, it, this epic heroic arc that we see often in in tales and heroic tales, the, the reluctant warrior who wants unleashed becomes a great leader uh those you know the best leaders are the ones who who don't necessarily want to fight but fight because they must right right no that's true and and benjamin martin is definitely that guy i mean he's he's seen everything and he doesn't like it and who would you know i mean they were so brutal and you know any and i think he sees in himself uh something that he doesn't like uh when he has to do that you know, the 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 he won't talk about the French and Indian War with his kids. He doesn't want them to know, you know, about that. He, he knows what he life. has done. Yeah, right. And he and, and, and another interesting thing, not very theologically correct in this movie was his constant refrain of, you know, paying for his past sins. You know, and that, I mean, I understand what they were going for there. I get it. It, it it's a, it's a nice movie trope and it's a nice literature trope, everything. It, and people, some people still think this way, but um, you know, our God doesn't punish us for those things that we do, you know, like that. It's just not, that's not how it works. He doesn't punish us by taking away the ones we love by visiting right. retribution on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I always took it uh, and, you know, I can see that that would be the way to, to look at it right off that God is punishing me, but that he kind of dipped his, his, his foot into this really ugliness and that he can't get away from it. It just, it's just keeps kind of coming back because he went there and those demons keep revisiting him and they, he can't, can't run away from it. 
Um, and he's forced to fight it again. Um, and uh, yeah, so. Yeah, it's only be to, in order to rescue his son that he ends up fighting, you know, that right. he's forced into it. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the best scenes in the movie. Oh, where he, t- yeah. Uh, and where, where he's the, got his two younger sons there. Like, right. He, and that, he, that's so intense. That's the best, like, awesomely set up. The and whole you could see the effect it had. On, like, I like how they had the each boy yeah. was different. You know, one boy, like, it, it, he resented his father for making him participate in this and the other boys like i'm glad they're dead i'm glad i killed them and you're like you're horrified by both as he as martin was like he like what have i you know had to do to my own children i brought this thing to them that i was trying to avoid you know that's that sort of thing and that was awesome that's just it's just one of the best scenes in the movie it is it's a it's a great action set piece yes and uh, and you know and, and and a rescue scene too right so they're trying to rescue gabriel and uh and he gets involved in it too. He kind of figures out right away that it's his dad and and his brothers trying to do something. But um, yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting. It's, I love that scene. The way it's set up, where he he tells like the oldest daughter, "Okay, this is what you got to do. Right. And if we're not there at a certain time, you got to go to Aunt Charlotte's." And like, here's a kid who's you know she's eight, I don't maybe know, nine, <laughs> maybe nine. You know, yeah. I yeah. gotta go where if you don't show up. Right. And she does it, and she does it, and then the two boys get the guns. This is what we're gonna do. Uh, aim small, miss small. We're going over, you know, and the whole thing, it was just, you know, that, that it, it was very intense and it set the whole scene for like the whole movie was this is, uh, you know, going to be a very intense movie with all the different uh, and, action scenes and the way they set them up. It's and that, that scene sets up the, his reputation as the ghost, you know, the right. uh, one man killed 20 of the Queens, you know, the King's soldiers, you know, that's, that's absurd. And, you know, the whole thing, and we should talk a little bit about the authenticity of the movie or lack thereof. Um, the, the the character of Benjamin Martin is based on a number of different real historical f- figures, mostly Francis Marion, the Swamp Fox, who was in the Southern campaign of the of the war. Uh, and the movie is set in the South, which is unusual for a Revolutionary War story. Most although a lot of the Revolutionary War was fought in the South, but a lot of people don't realize uh, we, we tend to think of you know the stuff that happens in. Uh, from you know Valley Forge north to Boston <laughs> as the war, but it was it, it covered a lot more ter- territory. So this is set in the war, uh, but Martin is a composite of say Thomas Sumter, Daniel Morgan, Andrew Pickens, Francis Marion, and a few other characters. I mean, there's a whole a lot of the different events that happen are things that happen say to Daniel Morgan and or you know Francis Marion was mostly the the biggest one because he was the Swamp Fox, and a lot of this movie is like that where they're living literally living in the swamp and attacking uh so uh the like using guerrilla tactics on the british from there which is what francis marion did tabington the uh, jason isaac's character the british dragoon officer is based on uh banastra tarleton he was uh, he and his dragoons so tarleton and his dragoons were often brutal but brutality was there's <laughs> was a norm for warfare back then uh, there is some dispute over whether he was as cruel and brutal as Tavington has shown. He he really, I mean, Tarleton was was not a nice guy, but he wasn't like evil like Tavington was. Uh, so that that was a little of a job. In fact, British audiences were were actually they, they did not like this movie. They thought the depiction of British atrocities was near libelous. They thought it was <laughs> over the top. I mean, some of the things like there there was no record of a church being burned with people inside that sort of thing. Uh, that was the one scene where the 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 uh, dragoons burn the village in inside the church, and that's where Gabriel's 
uh, a, wi- a wife, wife dies or his new bride. And uh, that's she dies in that scene. Um, that didn't happen. But there were lots of I mean, it's war in war. There are bad things that happen to civilians. And we, we have plenty of records of that going on throughout the war on both sides, frankly. Uh, so, uh, well, no one no one comes out of war with a clean set of hands. Uh, it doesn't matter what the war is. Right. Um, and, and those who win write the history, um, you know, but this is a movie and it's just I, I think it's just, you know, I, I can understand why they would be upset about it. Um, but, you know, they were trying to show I think they were trying to show, you know, a legit side of war that happens. And and I think they were fairly kind to Cornwallis. Um, you know, I mean, Cornwallis was a military genius, um, you know, yes. but. But he did have the flaw that that Benjamin Martin saw, and that was pride. And and he thought there was no way that they could lose to farmers with pitchforks. And, you know, and he had the typical aristocratic attitude of a person of his time. And and so, you know, when we look back at these things, we we have to look, you know, we have to look at what you know, the people of the time were like, and we can't project what we are as 21st century people on, on, on people that were in the, in the 17th century. You just, yeah. You, you we just can't, can't hold them to our standards. You, you can't. Yeah. But, but Cornwallis and, and the rest, even the right hand man, uh, Ahara. and the, and the, the supposed like the traitor that uh, Baldwin played were not all that happy uh, or comfortable with the way having no, did right. things and 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 cornwallis wasn't at all so it's not depicted like well the the british were just these brutal horrible people no they had there was this this one uh guy who you know had this thirst for blood and and was very um pragmatic in his in the way he went about things uh and kind of like sociopathic in a, in a way um you know that's i get things done you know and i'm never rewarded for it what's the problem so uh, yeah i don't think you'd, it was like this this is the way British people are uh, by any means. And, um, and, it, and I, and I did read too, that the, the tactics, the, the way they fought, they went through a two week boot camp and they learned how people fought in the revolutionary war. It wasn't like they took like, you know, ninjas or something and, and tried to put it into the, the revolutionary war. And so that was, and, and actually a lot of the, the battle, like hand to hand combat techniques are still used today. But, um, and the other thing was the, the tactic of, making it look like the militia is pulling back and then they pull back into the regulars and do a bayonet charge is a tactic. Was it used at that actual battle or, or another battle? It was, I think it was the battle of cow Cowpins. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was yeah. the battle of Cowpins. That, not that, the one in the movie, not the one in the movie, but yeah. it was used. And that was Daniel. I think it was Daniel Morgan who, who did that. It might've been Daniel Morgan. Um, I, my, my, I, I like Revolutionary War history, but I'm no by no means the type of guy who can spell mm. names and places off the top of my head. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was Daniel Morgan who 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 did who came up with that tactic, and it was Tarleton who was <laughs> led into that ambush just like that. So uh, it is it is familiar. Um, one of the things that, you know, speaking of um, the traitor or you know uh, Adam Baldwin's character. He was a loyalist, and there were plenty of loyalists fighting alongside the British. Um, 
And this was a war that was fought neighbor against neighbor on the streets, in the farms, people turning on each other. When the when the uh, rebels held the the land, then the 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 rebellious citizenry civilians would lord it over the loyalists. And then when tides changed, it it turned with it and people were, you know, looting each other's homes or doing other even worse things to them. So, you know, that part is 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 somewhat true. there's a question about the what does it mean patriot is because Martin doesn't seem to be motivated necessarily or primarily by a national patriotism of like American versus British. Um, is is it is his motivation revenge, desire for justice, uh, a patriotism that's more local for his friends and neighbors? It, it's interesting that the movie doesn't come right out and say, and I think that's because there were a variety of motivations for why people fought in the war. Uh, as they did and when they did. Um, and, you know, sometimes they were fighting because they just, it was their land and they wanted, you know, this plot was mine and I don't want anybody to take it. Uh, and, and there was, so like I said, there's a variety of motivations that people had. Uh, I think that the, the Patriot, the title can be, it can be looked at a couple of different ways. It can be Benjamin Martin, certainly as, a, uh, you know, he's, a, he, he has the patriotism of, this is his, this is his land. You killed my people. This is, we have to stop this. Um, he, even at the beginning in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the legislature, the yeah. assembly, he, he says, I I'm for freedom and I I'm for this, but I'm not for war. There has to be a better way. However, it also could be related to Gabriel too, who was very much the Patriot who very much was, this is a good cause. I'm fighting for the cause. And I, I don't know, it could have been either one of them that could have been the Patriot, you know, so, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting because their motivations, everybody's motivations were different, um, and that, but they all had some sort of underlying thought of, well, it's better to be free than it is to be, you know, subjugated to somebody 3,000 miles away. I like that line, why would I trade a tyrant 3,000 miles away? For 3,000 tyrants one mile away, right. an elected legislature can trample a man's right as surely as an unelected monarch. And I'm yep. like, wow. That- <laughs> Don't we know that? We know yes, that. we do. <laughs> yeah, I think you got to go back to their their little, you know, uh, town meeting in, in Charlotte um, where he's basically, once again, a la Braveheart, I, I want to have my life with my kids. I you want to farm. I just want to be at peace and I don't need this. And they're like, where are your, you know, where, where are your, your principles? principles? He goes, I have, uh, I have children. I can't afford to have principles anymore. You know? So he's looking at that, that I'm going to compromise my former beliefs for my present responsibilities um, until it turns out that those collide and he has to go back to his you know, former beliefs to protect his present responsibilities because one of them was just killed and the other one was captured and is going to be killed. So he's, he's forced into it. Um, but I don't, you know, whether he's like a patriot of, you know, the United States of America and, you know, this, this great experiment and everything. Um, I think it's more along the lines of, you know, I want to live peaceably with my family. The only thing is in the end, when he comes back with the flag on, when he's riding the horse, I mean, that's the that's the embodiment, I think, of like the title of the movie. Right. I mean, it's uh, like Braveheart. He had a Braveheart. Obviously, this is the Patriot. He's got the flag. He's running in and rallying the troops. And he was a rallying point to people. 
because of his natural leadership and, you know, his, his ability to get people to do what they needed to do. And and he was a smart guy. I mean, he, he had obviously learned a lot uh, fighting in the uh, French and Indian War. You know, he he picked up that flag, you know, it, and in a sense, he picked it because it was Gabriel's. And in, and in right. that sense, he was picking up Gabriel's patriotism, his right. reason for fighting. And because so he was fighting sort of in, in his son's honor. So he, it was his that patriotism was connected to that. So I want to talk a little bit about faith as we see it in the movie. We have the minister, like I said, played by René Aubuchonois, the Reverend Oliver, uh, who who uh, he had a great line. He says uh, when he joins the fight, a shepherd must tend to his flock. But at times he has to fight off the wolves, you know, it, which is a, a great line. You know, that he's getting his hands into it. He's not just going to stand in a pulpit and preach it. He's going to get down there and do it uh, when. Uh, Martin is uh, about to attack the guys who've taken Gabriel. He, you know, Lord, he prays, Lord, you know, <laughs> keep my aim true. Uh, Make me fast and accurate. Fast and accurate. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, afterward, when he's, after they buried Thomas, his son Thomas, he, he prays, Lord, we ask you to help us understand the manner in which your mercy works. And I'm like, what a great line. Like, that is like a parent who's lost a child. You know, I'm, all I don't understand, Lord. I all I all I can do is is turn to you and say, I trust in you. I trust that you are that you have mercy. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't understand it. So help me to know it and understand. And I mean that is humility right there. A humble faith. We see him later on after the church has been burned. Uh, he's in the ruins of the church and stops to pray. Where the we see the outline of one of the windows is burnt out. It's burned into the shape of a cross. You know the cross beams. Are, and so prayer is throughout this movie. It's inserted in here, and it, it's it feels natural. It's not mocked at any point. It's not belittled or you know, seen as backwards. So in that sense, that it's it's very friendly to faith. This movie, which is interesting. Yeah, absolutely is, and I mean, I think. You know, Mel Gibson, obviously being friendly to faith in, in his life. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I this is one of the things I loved about this movie. You know, OK, sure, it wasn't, you know, the Catholic Church, but it was still it was it was it's still they had their faith in Jesus Christ. And and they they were hopeful um, that, you know, their faith was going to carry them through these times. And you'd need to have faith if you were doing something like that is as far as, you know, you want to have hope and it's, it's hard to have hope without faith. All right. So let's also talk about the, the slavery and race issue in the movie. So as we said, uh, at the beginning, we see that Ben, Benjamin Martin, they has freed black men and women working on his farm. Um, we see the, another scene where this, when you, they're recruiting soldiers, this old man who's too old to fight, you know, signs over his slave, whose name was Occam, to fight. But Martin stops him, says, uh, you know, oh, fine, he has to sign for himself. He has to agree. He's not going to just let, you know, him give right. this guy to fight and, and perhaps die in his stead. Um, well, at one point, uh, one of the soldiers says to him, I don't like the idea of giving muskets to slaves. And the re the response is your idea of freedom is as pale as your skin, <laughs> which, yeah. which was a good one. Yeah, um, that was a good line. Yeah, and at one point Occam says, like, I don't think anything is going to change after the war. Like, I, just, I, you know, for for us, for 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 black people, and he says, and and so, but 
the he finds out that Washington has decreed, and this is uh, actually true, that any uh, black slave who fights in the war uh, for a year will get will earn his freedom and be given a, a stipend, you know, pay for the, all that period of time, and that motivates him. And by the end of the movie, again, you know, is it realistic? Perhaps he's won over this other soldier, but first because he saves his life, this this other militiaman. And but also, I think by his dedication, they're 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 brothers in arms. By the end of the movie, they've fought and bled together side by side, and 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 that makes a difference. So I thought I thought it was interesting that they end uh, at one point after they've been burned out of not one but two homes. His right. family has to go hide, and they go to the uh, this this encampment of freed black uh, people living on the beach in uh, Carolina. Uh, which now is probably like oceanfront property with their million dollar homes, but <laughs> that, that was not a desirable location. But they they're taken in and they're given you know a place to stay. Uh, and I, I thought it was interesting that they chose to really lean into a little bit uh, the 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 issues of race and slavery in the in the country at the time. Yeah, and, and especially with Gabriel and, and and his feelings about slavery, and certainly. He 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 was. I think it was Occam that he was talking to about how the you know things are going to change. Things will change, and you know, and obviously that's a that's a foreshadowing of the future, right? I mean, it obviously didn't change right away, um, and nothing ever does. Um, so, you know, you had that sort of uh, uh, youthful hopefulness or youthful um, naivete about how this is all going to play out, you know? Um, but it was, it was great because you got to see, you know, the different, a different aspect of, of the, of the war, uh, which, you know, honestly, I don't remember them talking a lot about when I was in school, uh, about, uh, you know, black, uh, freed men or black slaves fighting alongside, you know, the, the colonialists. It's, uh, it was good to see that. And I think it's important you know, I think it's an important part of history that needs to be that needs to be shown and 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 celebrated. Right. I like the storyline. I like the way uh, you know you started out with um, uh, Dan Scott, the who was ra- you know obviously racist against him, uh, and how he won him over. It. I mean, you could look at it as a, maybe a little campy, a little bit you know little not bit. not as you know rough and and cruel as it probably would have been. Um, but it was still, um, I think, a story more hopeful than we're we're seeing, you know, now uh, of of what can happen uh, as as opposed as opposed to looking at it from a, a pure victim and um, you know no hope kind of point of view. Right, right. That yeah, people I can't agree change. More. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. Today, there's a lot of attitude about how people can't really change and that sort of thing, and that's right. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That's not what it was here. This is made in a time when people <laughs> had a different attitude about that sort of thing. So I think at, at this point, I'd kind of like to talk a little bit about like what are your what parts of the movie you really liked? What things uh, uh, your favorite scenes, interesting aspects of the movie, anything you want to bring up? Um, I love the whole dog thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love I love, <laughs> the love that dog thing. Um, now, uh, I forgot how he originally got the dogs. Um, uh, but he he like I'm gonna bring them back, you know. Well, um, and they, they captured it, his right. They captured, captured Cornwallis's the, wagon that had all those oh, personal the wagon, effects, right? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, they captured the wagon. He had the dogs. The dogs, you know, got liked uh, uh, Martin. So, uh, and then he comes back, and they and they they have the straw soldiers that they're like, yeah. you know, we have some of your soldiers. That was a great scene. Um, that was a great scene. And <laughs> he comes in, and uh, you know, they basically, you know, Cornwallis doesn't think anything of this. Is just a stupid farmer, you know, right. who was this guy. And, uh, but they, but he, they act like gentlemen and they, and they make their negotiations. And then you have, um, Tavington, um, just trying to goad him into doing something like, right. You know, uh, provoke and, him and, into and fighting. He doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Trying to provoke him. But the best part is when he called the dogs after he left. Yeah. <laughs> he whistles so and anyway. the dogs come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. I mean, that really, you know, turn the knife on uh, Cornwallis on that one. Yeah. 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 Like your dogs really like me better. So. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but but still, you know, it, it, privately, he's he's looking through the stuff he got from the wagon. He's like, I've been in the mind of a genius. This guy is yeah. just, right. you know, he's so amazing in his war tactics. So he obviously, you know, thought a lot of Cornwallis. Yeah, and that was one of the things I liked about that, uh, about this movie was the, he did show, I think they, the American colonialists obviously showed a lot more respect uh, towards the, uh, towards the British officers. Um, But I think that, that, that's real to life, right? I mean, they would have looked at, they would still would have looked at somebody like Lord, Lord Cornwallis as someone who is above them in the, in status. And so they, you know, but he, tr- but, but Martin tried to stay within the rules of engagement as best he could at, at, without being provoked by, by Tavington. But I love that scene where Tavington is like beside himself. Like, why aren't we doing anything to this guy? And, and, and he's a violent, you know, criminal. And he, and the, the, the British guy says, well, he hasn't done anything here. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. Cornwallis was about you know the gentlemanly being you know the gentlemanly form of war. You know, uh, right. As you know, he says to Tavington like uh, early on that uh, what does he say? You know, we must conduct the war as gentlemen. You know, he rejects the brutal tactics partly because it's turning the populace against them. It's it's making them favor the the rebels by doing this. He like recognizes that, and you know he keeps pulling him back and pulling him back. But when Martin embarrasses Cornwallis and, and wounds his pride, Cornwallis unleashes Tavington to be the butcher he is. And that's when the worst atrocities begin occurring. Yeah. There's also the, um, the argument they have about, you know, targeting officers, you know, we can't have just these, these uh, enlisted men just running around with no leaders that you can't do that. And that was interesting. I never even thought of the idea that, you know, well, of course you're going to target the officers. <laughs> it's odd that they didn't do that. You know? And and no, like if you're somebody who's riding a horse and has all the stripes and medals, then you're off limits, so to speak. And that just that was you know. But Cornwallis, Cornwallis kind of had a point because the a lot of times the the regular enlisted soldiers were you know sometimes they were the Hessians or you know the mercenaries. Other times they were the you know the Irish guards, Irish regiments recruited. Some of these, they're often recruited from not, let's say, not the the best elements of our society and, you know, unleashed without the uh, discipline of officers over them. They could really be like a ravening mob, a horde, you know, roaming the countryside. Uh, and so in one sense, Cornwallis wasn't wrong. On the other hand, 
Benjamin Martin is fighting for his life. You know, it's like we, I don't have the, just like you didn't have the luxury of principles earlier. You also didn't have the luxury of fighting the gentlemanly war. You know, Cornwallis was having, you know, uh, society balls and you know, you know like you keep seeing him in these like they keep depicting him in these occasions where it's very genteel and aristocratic and and meanwhile martin's in the swamp you know roasting stuff over the fire uh yeah although uh, what, another it's one of my favorite scenes, who knows what yeah yeah right another one of my favorite scenes was uh at one of these like parties on the lawn oh and, yeah i know what you're the, gonna uh, say they uh, yeah they uh, they bomb the 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 supply <laughs> ship that he'd been waiting for and it explodes <laughs> and the lady says oh a fireworks wonderful oh man he was so was, mad she was so she was so stupid <laughs> yeah, exactly. the, the the I also love when they first we we mentioned this a little bit before with the guy getting his head blown off I think might have been the same scene but. Uh, when he came up to the window and his son is watching this war like on their backyard and just the uh, the surreal like oh my gosh you know it's right here it's like and and what they were doing and how the british were just mowing him down um uh, as they were going through uh and just the way they filmed that and the way it looked uh very realistic to very me realistic very uh scary like oh my gosh that was really close to where they lived and and how you know, before that great scene we talked about where he rescues uh, Heath Ledger, um, you know, they're they're dealing with the soldiers and they're on their own land, you know, and then right. his, you know, his uh, black workers get taken away and all of that. I mean, that whole thing that, that they built up to him finally saying, OK, I'm doing this was um, was great. They they unleashed like the evil that is Tavington all in in one scene. I mean, he comes in and what is it like all the things he does right off the bat? He kills the wounded. Hangs, he was going to take that dispatch rider and hang him in violation of the rules of war, burns the farm, kills the child. I mean, this is like yeah. in 10 minutes. This guy has already <laughs> crossed this line. Yeah. Crazy evil dude, you know, and, and all motivated by greed, basically, you know, because his family's fortune is gone and he has nothing to go home to. And he knows that. Right. And, and so he and needs the glory of war. He does. He needs the glory of war. And and that's it's a sad, sad sentiment on 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 him. But it, it it's it's also very, very realistic. Right. Well, in fact, I think that was one of the things that was true of Tarleton is that he was he was destitute and needed to make a name for himself. Uh, and that's what one of his motivations in the in the real uh, person, the historical person. Another thing that was real was this idea that they had to keep Cornwallis occupied in the South so that he couldn't take his army North to box out Washington. Cause a lot of people don't realize the war was like for most of the war, we were getting our butts kicked by the British. It was, it was a long slog from 1776 or earlier, even from, from the, from like between the battle of Bunker Hill and the, and the, the, the evacuation of Boston by the British, let's say that was a, a victory all the way through to pretty much the uh, uh, just after after the Valley Forge and the crossing of the Delaware. I mean, that was that was oh, the last like that's when things started turning around. We were so close uh, several times, even after that, to losing to the British. And if if Cornwallis had been able to take his army north, it would have been all over. And so I like that. Right. They, they connected this. That was an, uh, actually an authentic part was that keep Cornwallis occupied in the south, keep his army there. And you know, deny him victory there so that he can't reinforce the, the the forces in the north. So that was good. 
Very realistic. Yeah, no, I, I like that part. And I, and I, you know, it goes back to, uh, you know, the way they fought back then was, is so, you know, we just can't even fathom it. The standing there in line and, and, and just waiting to fire and firing, you know, you're going to get shot, you know, you're going to get hit. Um, how long it takes to reload, uh, you know, and then the hand to hand, the brutality of the hand to hand combat. And the, and you got to remember too, and I don't know if people remember this, but maybe they do. Uh, the British army at that time was the premier fighting force oh, in yeah. the world. Oh yeah. In the world. <laughs> I mean, we, we were nothing. They we were the were, number one superpower. They were. Yeah. And we were, and we were nothing. We were a bunch we of were farmers. <laughs> exa- farmers with pitchforks. And, and they, uh, and they got, they lost, which was, I mean, it's a complete underdog story. And I think that's why Americans always kind of look at themselves as the underdog. Even now, when we're the premier superpower in the world, (laughs) um, we kind of look at ourselves as like, well, we're that scrappy country that, (laughs) (laughs) with with enough nuclear weapons to blast anybody. (laughs) That can destroy the world with one press of a button. (laughs) But we're the underdogs. (laughs) But we're the underdogs. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Did you guys, um, like, what do you think of Keith Ledger's arc? I mean, you know, he finds out that his uh, wife was killed, um, or fiance. I don't think they got married. Uh, no, they, they, they were married. married. They were married. Yeah, they were married. They were married on the they, beach. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, obviously, I didn't review this movie just before we, we recorded. <laughs> right. But um, but he goes off, and you know his dad doesn't realize that he's gone off, and um, the the pa- the the pastor because those were his that was his church. You know, goes along with him to uh to get him and you're you're kind of wondering is he gonna get him and you're thinking this this would be really odd if he did but what's gonna happen and and they have that slow motion scene where the the parsons goes down and throws up his gun oh i love that that yeah you know and and tavington's there just like shaving and he's got his hair down which really makes this whole new kind of slick evil look with with you know he's not all done up he's he's in, in the raw um and he wins out and then you realize that um, Martin has to mourn another son. That, that whole yeah. scene was yeah. When the when the bad guy is dead, he's not dead. Just right. everyone Do, should remember that. Don't go <laughs> near yeah, right. him. Shoot him in the back. <laughs> Shoot him. <laughs> Why are you going over with the knife? <laughs> the, I'm I'm yelling at the at the screen the other night watching him. Don't go over there, Gabriel. <laughs> You've got a gun. He Shoot wants, him from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wants the satisfaction of he does. Like, right. you know, and that's doing his that, undoing and, to make that and, mistake. And yeah. that's his exactly, Dom. That's his undoing. He wants revenge for the death of his wife, not justice. And, not justice, exactly. Yeah. Is there any historical accuracy to binding the the the? Sewing you into a bed, <laughs> there is. you spend the night together. There's stuff like there that. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Uh, there's also. I think the, it was more common in New England. They said I read something where they said it's more common. It was more common in the north than the south. Um, but normally, what they would do, what they didn't do, was they would sew them both into the bed. Right. <laughs> Right. They was like oh, into two fun. different bags, two different bags. <laughs> I'd be like, listen, I'll go home. I'll just leave. I don't need to stay the night with you and talk exactly. to you with our two talking heads. This doesn't seem like it's really worth it. Well, they'd have a board. That, that was the other thing. They'd put a board between them. Right. As a well. binding board. Yeah. yeah. So 
Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> well, I love the line though. Her mother says, "I'm a better sewer than than my mother." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was that was good. That was good. The that old was, man was the, the her father was a funny little character. Yeah. I liked him, Mr. You know, Howard, with, yeah, with his little ear thing. Ear you know, thing. Yeah, Mr. Howard. You can he, hear me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was one. Yeah, oh, I forget. There was one where he like pretended to mishear something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I wanted to remember that. I don't remember that now. It was a good one though. Yeah, though he had a lot of good little lines in there. He was really the co- you know some comic relief uh, for this movie because this movie was heavy. You know, I it mean, needed those light moments to get us did. through. It did. Um, it, the uh, a couple of really things like I like the the symbolism of his son Thomas's uh, tin soldiers that he kept melting down into musket balls to shoot. <laughs> the, the, uh, sort of like this is I'm sending it back at you. This is my son's you know getting you back. Uh, that was that was pretty good. And then uh, the fact that Martin's force, when especially when he was gathering the forces, Gabriel goes and gets the townsmen. Martin goes and gets his old, you know, uh, drinking Crunch. buddies, buddies. <laughs> the, yeah. the old veterans. And they yeah. come together and like, uh, like this is the uh, we I don't know about these guys. Yeah. It was an interesting <laughs> combination of the country farmers and the uh, the, the dregs, uh, so right. to speak. Yeah, though it was funny. I love that scene where the him and uh, uh, I forget the French guy's name. Villeneuve. Uh, oh gosh, yeah. we didn't even talk about him. Yeah, yeah I know. I wanted great. to talk about him next. Yeah, but yeah. Let's but talk he, about him. They yeah. go to that. They go to that bar, and uh, he they walk in, and he goes, "Watch this!" And long live King George. <laughs> <laughs> I think this yeah, is the, the place. Yeah, this is the place yeah. we want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Villeneuve was an interesting character. He he yes. He kind of has a feel of. Um, of a uh, you know Lafayette a little bit you know we got to have the Frenchman who's helping the Americans, um, but he has this this visceral hatred for the British because Brit- the British soldiers killed his his family, uh, but he also you know was on the other side of the battle at Fort Wilderness from Martin or I don't think he was at Fort Wilderness but he, he heard about he it. heard about it so you know you were my enemy and now we're allies so we're kind of uneasy at first anyway. Later on, it becomes uh, they become friends, but uh, it's it yeah it's an interesting character uh, played by Checky Cario. It's I'm not sure how you pronounce the name, but it's a it's, a, it's an interesting spelling. Yeah, that's a that's a hard one to pronounce. He's <laughs> yeah. kind of like the Irishman from uh, Braveheart. You know, he comes yeah. in in the middle, and uh, he's a foreigner that's going to help him out. Right, right. Uh, yeah. and a little bit of comic relief there as well. I, I wish they had fleshed him out a little more. You know, he he he's a good. It's a good character. He seems like a good actor. Uh, you know, he's been in a lot of stuff uh, in France and whatnot. I mean, I, I, I just sometimes that you know you watch it. I mean, the movie was two hours and forty minutes long, so I guess they couldn't flesh out every character. Yeah, they but, probably had a lot of him. Probably ended up on the cutting room floor. Uh, yeah, Even in exactly. the three hour version, he was he didn't get a whole lot more. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was that s- scene where uh, he confronts him about killing the wounded British soldiers. Like you know, right. like you need to the you need to stop shooting the soldier in any gets right in his face like you know if you uh, you know you do it one more time i'm gonna shoot you you shoot one i'm gonna shoot you and he lays down the law at that point because his country farmers are horrified by this immoral act whereas the 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 dregs and the frenchmen are all you know we just want to slaughter the british uh and that that was part of that coming together in in uh, overcoming the difference there well, it did, you know, he definitely had motivation, um, you know, to kill the British. They they gave no quarter, as he said. They gave no quarter to my family. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
and and, it, and I, he was hinting at Martin was himself a, a bit of a hypocrite. Yes, kind of a basically bit. because of what happened at that battle uh, at Fort Wilderness, which which is not the Disney World Resort. <laughs> Definitely not. <the> <laughs> no. Uh, in fact, I think it's uh, it's it's a reference to um, in the French Indian War the Braddock's uh, disaster or something like that. There was a there was a British led force that uh, they had some success, but they were eventually nearly slaughtered. Like, like a thousand men went into the wood, into the forest and a hundred men came back or something along those lines. It was a, it was a, you know, a really bad thing, but, uh, but uh, there was that, that brutal battle in the middle at that wilderness. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of atrocities in those wars too. I mean, yeah. that war was war. It wasn't, it wasn't sanitized. It wasn't, uh, you know, digit digitized. It was, it was brutal and, and, men did things they shouldn't have done uh and they still do today yeah and it, it it explains one of the reasons why like the 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 aristocracy tried to civilize it somewhat to have a code of conduct and gentlemanly behavior because it could bring out the worst and it brings out the worst in in humanity and this was a way to kind of mitigate some of that to to you know and it, whether it's whether it's right that they tried to make it polite and clean for their hands i don't know if that's true but um certainly that's one of the reasons why they did it they didn't want the officers to get shot there seems to be a pretty good self-preservation <laughs> skill there <laughs> right. you know I, you know you know what i mean it's i get what they're where they're coming from like we talked about before but um you know i'm not sure they did it for all the altruistic reasons that they might have thought they were doing it for well, yeah, yeah. there was certainly respect among officers like if you were an officer yes. that got captured you were much better treated than if you were a regular soldier. A regular soldier captured by the British, you're thrown into one of the prison hulks that sits in. The, and it was basically a death sentence uh, because you would you you'd likely die of some disease there. But a, a an American officer captured by the British would be able to he would be given his parole, which meant you could move about freely in say New York City or Charleston or whatever, and you had the the run of the town. You, but you had you given your word, I'm not going to try to escape or do anything to undermine you. And they would they would do it. They would you know, it's very it's very different from modern warfare. And the things changed right around the First World War, I would guess. Uh, but uh, but back then it was there was much more, uh, you know, honor and sense of your word and that sort of thing, at least among a certain class of uh, of, of soldiers. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, anything else to say about this movie? Anything we've missed that you guys wanted to mention? No, we didn't talk much about the final battle. I mean that 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 was we can you know, really that. awesome. Yeah, I, I like the fact that you know in the in the final battle, it looks like he's going to die as freedom is being won. As as the Americans, you know, the colonists are winning, he looks like he's dying, and yet it it's the last second he 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 pulls it out and wins just as the Americans you know, win the Battle of Yorktown. Uh, and that, I, I thought it was a, it was a suitably dramatic, you know, a little over the top display, but you know, it was a little bit satisfying seeing Tavington getting what what for <laughs> getting sure his was. Cummings, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you had that you know the the his personal vendetta against Tavington mirrored in the whole war, like how he went, the war went, uh, and and it was you know, and it was a great scene. I mean, they said that. Uh, Isaacs and, and Gibson practiced that uh, their fight every day 
Um, you know, they got it down to <laughs> oh, a science, wow. you know, so that, you know, they really wanted to get that done. And, and, uh, um, yeah, I, I, and it was definitely a back and forth. I mean, you weren't sure exactly uh, how well this was going to yeah. go. And, you know, and they had to rally. They had to like, no, like we're, we, we, we got to charge. <laughs> we, we can't, we can't run away. Let's, let's turn this around. You know? Yeah. So, um, it had, it's, it's some great moments in there. And I'd just like to say as evil as Tavington was, Jason Isaacs was awesome in this movie. Um, just pure evil. And, you know, he, he's kind of made a career out of playing a bad guy. <laughs> um, you know, in Harry Potter, he was a bad guy. I mean, he's he's just been a bad guy all in a lot of things that he's done. I I think he's just for some reason he's he good looks at it. like yeah he looks <laughs> like a bad guy too. You know what I mean? He looks like the he played an uh, Irish American thug on a TV show uh, about uh, you know a politician and, and his thug brother, and uh, his accent was perfect. And he's just a good actor. Very, there's a lot of good actors in this movie. Yeah, he was in the first season of Discovery too. I don't remember when it was. He had a great series that I was really mad. It only lasted a year. It, uh, I don't know. They said it was expensive to make, but he was um, living the life of two possibilities: one where his child died, and one where his wife died. Oh. And he would wake up in one, and then when he would fall asleep, he'd wake up in the other reality. And, oh, wow. and it was so well done. It was yeah. so interesting. But it only lasted a year, and I was like following it, looking forward to seeing like which one's the real reality is one of the big kind of mysteries of the, of the whole thing. Or are they really both real? Is this an alternate universe kind of thing? And I think they, they tried to wrap it up at the end uh, badly when they realized they weren't getting renewed, but it was an excellent show. I guess it was just kind of too expensive for, to, to make, to justify, keep going, but right. I really liked it. I can't find, I can't find it on here, but it's uh, what the name of it was. That's interesting. He's a good actor. Mel Gibson's obviously a very, very good actor and a good director. And, um, you know, Heath Ledger was great. Jolie Richardson's underrated. I mean, there's just a lot of good people in this movie. And, you know, Abijouin, I mean, you know, he's a great actor. Say what you want. He's been in sitcoms and Star Trek and everything else. To me, he's a good actor. Oh, yeah. Well, and roll, give I got a little credit to Roland Emmerich. I mean, he's usually way over the top in everything. <laughs> I mean, he's not quite the yeah. blow everything up of uh, what's his name, Pearl Harbor and uh, yeah, yeah, Transformer movies. But Independence Day, Independence and, Day, right? He's not quite like, but like, but yeah, like he's often way over the top with things. This, I mean, it was a epic movie with epic battle scenes, but I don't think he went like way out of the bounds uh, in this. No, yeah, so not at all. Not at all. And what it makes you wonder if if Gibson had anything to say about how things were going or if they just, you know, did they work together on it? Did they collaborate? Does he have any producer credits? I don't know. That's a good question. It, I am. He, he's it says his fingerprints all over it. I it mean, does. I, I remember thinking that he was the director, you know, uh, and then like, oh, no, he wasn't um, just because it seemed like such his kind of film, especially with the overblown violence uh, yeah. in different parts and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And I found it, it's called Awake. It was from 2012. Okay. If you're oh. ever looking for it, uh, that, right. that show I, I mentioned. Sounds good. So the screenplay was written by Robert Rodat, who also helped write uh, Saving Private Ryan, which, oh, is, which is good, but uh, also wrote Thor The Dark World. So, you know. 
hey, 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 hey. We, we disagree on that one. <laughs> so, you know, some good, hits some and misses. Bad. Hits and misses. <laughs> hits and misses. <laughs> to each their own. You know, yeah. we can agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're, uh, I think we've exhausted yeah, think we're the, the time, this subject. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap things up. And uh, I do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of movies and TV shows, including this time, Todd W., Alexander V., Amanda F., Callie P. and Ryan B. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV shows and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. So what do you think of The Patriot? Did you, did you like it? What do you think of the depictions? Give us some of your feedback. Well, you can do so by commenting at sqpn.com slash secrets or the StarQuest Facebook page or send an email to secrets at sqpn.com. Until next time, Mike Dens, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of The Patriot. I enjoyed it. And remember, aim small, miss small. <laughs> Father Chipines, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom, and thanks, Mike. It's good to get back together with you guys. <laughs> That's yeah, right. definitely. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of movies and TV shows on StarQuest. <laughs>